0: Welcome to the How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your
1: host. Welcome to this episode of the How of Business. This is Henry Lopez. My guest today is Walid Azami. Walid, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Henry. I'm excited to be here.
1: Sure. So so am I. I'm excited to hear your story. Walid is going to share his experiences as a professional photographer, including overcoming the challenges of being an immigrant to nonetheless build a highly successful creative business. So if you're a creative artist, like a photographer, a videographer, a makeup artist, a a hairstylist, really any type of creative content creator, or for that matter, any business where you're turning your creative passion into a business, then I think this episode will be valuable for you. But beyond that, even if that's not the particular type of business as as Walid and I were chatting before we started recording, really every business has a creative component too. I think we're all creating something that we put out there into the market and hopefully people will respond. Uh, so certainly I think you'll find this episode interesting regardless of the type of business that you're looking to start or currently have because of what Walid is gonna share as far as his journey, his perseverance and the inspiration that we can all gain from that. To receive more information about The Howa Business, including the show notes page for this episode, and how you can continue to support my show and receive exclusive content and discounts through a Patreon membership, please visit TheHowaBusiness.com. So let me tell you a little bit more about Walid. Walid Azami is a professional photographer and commercial, sometimes even including music videos also, a commercial director in the Los Angeles area. He is originally from Kabul, Afghanistan. He's highly acclaimed, or his highly acclaimed work, rather, includes the cover of Rolling Stone magazine, Italia. And he has worked with people like Bob Proctor, Bernie Sanders, Usher, Perry Farrell, Mariah Carey, Kanye West, and Madonna, just to name a few. As Walid summarizes it, quote, I help people and companies tell their stories the right way through creative direction, photos, and videos, end quote. Walid has also helped thousands of other photographers, videographers, and other creatives by teaching them how to build the business from scratch by challenging them in part to get into their genius zone and to thrive. As I mentioned, Waleed lives in the Los Angeles, California area. Waleed Azami, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Henry. That makes me, We uh, you know, when you hear somebody else say all of that, I just thought, well, I've, I'm tired. I've done so
1: <laughs> much, but thank you. It was good to hear all that. My pleasure. Thanks for being with me. So I thought we'd start you know, from the early days. And, and just briefly, uh, I, I myself am a son of of Cuban immigrants, although I was born uh, in the States. So I, I can relate, obviously, as a lot of us can in the United States to the immigrant experience. But tell me briefly about that story about immigrating to the U.S.
0: Sure. Um, and not that it really matters in the story or the experience, but I'm actually a refugee. So uh, the only difference is, is that we our lives depended on it, you know, so we had to seek refuge. Right. Um, I guess on the scale of a hierarchy, then refugees below immigrants, you know, because <laughs> we were we were just running for our lives. But right. um, my experience, I came in rather earlier, uh, about I was almost five and a half or six. Yeah. And our family split up in multiple units, because, you know, getting out of a use, if you recall, well, first of all, Ukraine is happening right now. So we right. see what the war with russia is because that's exactly what afghanistan was and then america's you know um just to get political for a tiny tiny second is that america is helping ukraine but really for its own benefits you course, know but, but that's what
1: countries do right we protect our interests yeah
0: exactly especially especially this great nation uh, maybe because we're so big it just makes a bigger splash but um so we had we we had that turmoil. So we broke the family up into multiple units and um, got out of Afghanistan. We were very, very fortunate. Whether it was, you know, listen, I have a good 35 cousins here now. And so lots of aunts and uncles. Some of us were snuck. One, one cousin, he wins the prize. He was snuck inside of a duffel bag as a newborn baby on an wow. airplane by a stewardess. Jeez. Yeah by a stewardess, by my aunt saying, just get my son out of here. My brother, uh, my uncle, her brother is in Germany. He will get the baby, just get the baby out of this country. To my brother and dad, my brother was born with a heart condition. So he um, went under, and I'm using air quotes now, a fake surgery in Germany. Same uncle, that uncle was quite the mover. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they went under like a fake doctor's note saying he needs emergency surgery. We'll be right back. And then obviously the plan was to not come right back. So my mom had to report my dad as someone who kidnapped her oldest son so that we weren't punished for it. And then my mom was a school principal first. She was a teacher, school principal. Then she brought herself back down to being a teacher because it was just too high profile of a job for a woman at that time. Mm -hmm. And, Keep in mind, you know, like in, in Afghanistan and all that. And so um, she would put the equivalent probably today, equivalent of 30 to $40 here or there, uh, because you couldn't really save for um, an escape, right? Because they're watching everything. So she right. would put a little bit here or there in under the rug or under a pillow. Don't know where exactly where she kept it. Mm. And then she hired kidnappers to kidnap us out of the country. Wow. <laughs>
1: Wow. When you think back to all of that, and I'm sure we could talk, well, I know we could talk for hours about these experiences. Just bring it forward now. How has all of that experience impacted your perspective on business?
0: So um, I said this recently in another interview, my mom and dad and aunts and uncles and everyone did not put their lives and their children's life at risk for me to undercharge and not charge my rate. thats yeah, or, to, or,
1: or really to underachieve, right? Is that To fair? underachieve.
0: It's an embarrassment. We landed in America, of all places, the land of opportunity. And for me to do anything less than the best is, is so disrespectful to everything. So that's how it's helped me.
1: Mm-hmm. Does, does that, I imagine that that's got kind of to manifest itself in that. Okay, it might be hard. I might get rejected. Mm-hmm. I, I may have imposter syndrome, but the heck with all of that i'm still moving forward is that fair
0: that's very fair to say i mean really at the end of the day um emotions aren't currency so get up and do it no one cares
1: yeah yeah that's that's the no nonsense reality of what you yeah. experience and, and it's a perspective as well right um for me to worry about whether i'm going to get rejected or the market might reject what i'm offering especially from a creative perspective pales in comparison to what your family went through to get you here.
0: Sure. Yeah. But that's the beauty of this nation is, you know, I have my critiques of it, but overall, everybody has a story that can relate to at least part of my story. Good point. You know, we're here, like you said, you're originally from Cuba, correct?
1: Well, my family is, I was born in the States, but my family immigrated when Castro took over. So they were refugees.
0: Right. So it's, it's, Everyone shares a similar story. I think that's kind of beautiful. You know? Yeah, that
1: is what makes this country in part beautiful. Yeah. When did you know, when did you develop a passion for photography?
0: So, Henry, I had no idea.
1: Really? And,
0: and I think this is important for me to say uh, to your audience is that, you know, I, I think that when we're growing up. They sell you this fantasy that you should know what your dream job is, right? Do you remember like writing, oh, sure, essays in school saying, I, and it was always five jobs it was an engineer, <laughs> somehow, astronaut made it in there, um, a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, god knows, a baseball player, and something like that. And so, I didn't know that I want to do something creative at mm-hmm. all. In fact, I was lost. And then I went through elementary, high school and everything. I always had a creative brain, but this is the crazy part is that I was made fun of a lot for just having crazy ideas. And, sure. and but God, that stuff makes me money now. But yeah. But, really- but it didn't,
1: it didn't conform because, uh, the education system really, I talk about this often on the show uh-huh. is about creating employees, right? It's about creating people that'll work for someone else that'll plug in somewhere and creativity gets squeezed out of us. I believe.
0: I think it gets squeezed out so fast. And um, yeah. And especially like I grew up in a, I call it, I grew up in Anaheim, California, but I call it the Ana crime part of Anaheim, (laughs) (laughs) but it was sometimes. And so our school, yes, it, they turn you into employees and then we would get the, army coming in and Mm. saying sign up for this but they would never go to newport beach they wouldn't set foot at newport beach high school or laguna beach or things like that right and so um i think they take out creativity you know they take out the arts out of schools all the time that's right but i also think something about our system here in the west it squeezes out your instincts and that Mm. is one of the biggest we kill our instincts faster than any culture on this planet yeah
1: it's you we talked about that. You've talked about it in other shows that you've been on. But, but yeah. let me ask you what how your definition of instincts? because one definition is that our instincts develop over time based on experiences. You know, Malcolm Gladwell famously talked about that in the book, Blink. Um, it, what are you talking about when you're talking about instincts?
0: I think instincts, to me, is it's a doesn't matter if you believe in God or which God, or if you don't, and you believe in something bigger than you, energy, Mother Nature, universe, it's not about judgment, but you believe that there is something bigger than you that's guiding you through this life. And I th- actually, if I'll even go as far as saying human beings are the only living creatures. Uh, and I said this with Pat Flynn on stage at FlynnCon, uh, and I know he was a recent guest of yours. Yes, so I much. said, um, he's great. And, and And I had said the... Human beings are the only living creatures on the face of this planet that teach their children to kill their instincts in an attempt to fit in, to not go against the grain, to make life easier. It's out of love. But we teach them to be a good girl and be quiet, be a good boy and don't cry. Don't show your emotions. And so when you think about it, when you think about, you know, animals have fight or flight and um, we no matter what country you're from, no matter how wealthy or unwealthy you are and uh, skin color and religion, anything. One of the first three words most human beings learn is no, respectively to their culture, whatever that word may be. Sure. And so we are told no so much. No, don't cry. No, don't do this. No, don't do that. And so eventually just kills you and it kills your creativity. And I think that in business, I bring that up in so much of my business podcast visits when you know people are kind enough to let me on, is Mm -hmm. that without instincts. I feel like you're like a jet, an airliner jet running on one engine. Yeah. It's a rough flight, not going to be a far flight. And that's that's it. So I don't know if that's different than what you described, but that to me, is it's a direct phone call from you to a higher power, whatever your higher power is. And that phone call, that gut feeling is going to tell you, take this deal. Don't take this deal no matter how enticing the numbers are. Call this friend right now. Call your kid at home and then you call and you're like, mom, like, you know, I got hurt because I touched a stove and it was hot. And it's like, nah, that mother's intuition is real. And don't get in this car right now. When you find out later on there was a car wreck and you do the calculations and you think, my God, I could have been right there at that moment.
1: Yeah. So that's my opinion of instincts. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing that. I think it it can manifest itself in a couple of different ways. First of all, on this whole point of creativity and stifling yeah. the stifling of it. We you and I were chatting about this as well before I started recording. Any business, why well, I mentioned it at the outset rather, any business that we create is an expression of us. It is a creation of ours. And so Correct. I think that that's one of the things that holds people back from going into business is that fear of that idea that creation being rejected, yes, uh, and so because we rejected. don't have any practice doing, so we're rejected exactly, so we take it personally, yeah, when did you pick up the camera for the first time?
0: Well, let me try to abbreviate this that's not a gift I have in life. I worked with Madonna, and i you name it, and I did it and before um, you and were I was very well a, aware
1: before you were a photographer,
0: yeah, 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 yeah I had a um every I would say I, every, I wouldn't say every immigrant family, but I swear to God, everyone does it. Where your parents at some point say, cousin, so-and-so was in med school. Look at you, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that comparison. And I had taken, in my bachelor's degrees took me, and I, I'm really open about my quote-unquote failures, because I, I hope that it tells someone, you're doing fine, keep going. But um, I my bachelor's took me seven years. Seven years, like how pathetic is that? But that was my voyage that I was on. Mm-hmm. And I kept buying time and I kept doing everything I could to face the real world subconsciously, right? And and the reason why I even finished it in seven years and not eight or nine years, Henry, is because so I, I was a history major and I really, really grew to love history on accident. But um, I took a class, Dr. Reithfield, you know, he really inspired me. But what had happened was, at Cal State Fullerton in Southern California, they, I think they charged about $30 to $35 every time you wanted to change your major. Hmm. I didn't change it the final time I was business, I was communications, I was media, I was, uh, I feel like I was t- film and TV, I was everything. But I didn't have $35 to change it. <laughs> so, so I just decided, you know what, let me just finish this out and get my history degree. But, um, I, I So I finished that. I didn't know what I wanted to do. My mom and dad said, what are you doing? You're wasting your life. And I said, maybe I'll be a high school teacher. And the teaching credential program lost my application. God bless that person who did it it. because it bought me another semester of time. I pray for this person. Don't even know who it was because no one was no one to fess up to doing it. Right. Mm. But um I got an internship at Madonna's film company, Maverick Films, not okay. very successful, nothing like her music career. And then um, I got the attention of her office and her then manager's attention as the one that worked really hard. And um,
1: well, what kind of work were you doing at that point when you first joined them? What kind of work?
0: Oh, good question. I always skip over Henry. It was hell. Okay. <laughs> we had to read scripts. And um, when when you read scripts, I would say it's 99 of them are horrible. One is okay enough to maybe mention to your higher up. And then I would say out of every 500 to 800 of them, um, there's one that makes its way through the development program, then to mm. the VP, then to the CEO, then gets optioned as a movie. So we are looking for movies.
1: And why were you qualified to I was play not, that role? Okay,
0: I was not at all. Why they did they hire you for it? Well, it was an internship, right? And it was I a see. herd of... It was a herd of interns. And I say herd because that's how we were treated. And um, and I remember just thinking, God, this sucks. But I would just, I, I had a system in place that had, okay, I'll just say it. Um, this is true immigrant behavior, like what we had to do. I knew that what they need to do was just keep us busy. And they were not really interested in our development. So that, let's put, put that to the side for a sec. Sure. I also knew that there were people throughout the United States that um, did not intend on ever coming to Los Angeles or New York City, and they just wanted something, they just wanted their communications degree, and they just had to intern for one semester. So I put out an ad on Craigslist, (laughs) and I looked for an intern to read scripts, and I would use the FedEx account and ship them scripts and then they would do it. And so in exchange, what it was is they got a letter saying they completed their internship. That's all they wanted.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then I would turn those in. It's it's a gray area.
1: But you did this honesty. on your own. They didn't tell you to do this. You you figured this leveraged model out on your own?
0: Correct. And everyone would say, Waleed, you're driving two hours a day from Anaheim to Beverly Hills, two hours there, two hours back. And how are you reading all this? I'm like, but I don't you, know. but it
1: must have been a paid internship. I'm assuming you were it was getting unpaid, paid. unpaid. So oh, how no. were you affording to pay then the people? Oh, because that was unpaid internship as well. You were still leveraging it, but they you weren't paying the interns. You were bringing
0: it up. was. It was exactly it was unpaid. The exchange. I mean the 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 offer was you're going to read scripts. You're going to write like a one page bio on what it was if it's worth reading into more or is it dismissed? And then uh, all they wanted was. To finish their college credits. So sure, I, I took a sure. I took a letterhead and I was like, John <laughs> Smith was phenomenal and and give them what they needed. But in the process, I was able to start helping producers more and start researching and using my history degree. I and I started standing out as like the star intern. And then naturally they pulled me into the madonna office okay but you asked when i pick up the camera i learned a lot in the madonna office she was going on a world tour she was doing uh she had a uh, music video she had a record she had children's books coming out and i got to experience a lot and i got to see her working with the top top across the board and i was like oh that's interesting because i had no idea what i wanted to do i just want to do something creative Mm -hmm. and um, I stayed with her for about a year and a half, maybe two years. I learned a lot more than you could ever learn in film school or MBA put together. And then I left because I realized I didn't want to be a manager. And I, I went through the process of elimination of, okay, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And what was remaining was getting smaller and smaller. But um, this was the beginning of the recession. I uh, My friend Jamie King, who's her tour director, called me out to dinner one night and basically give me the whole speech about following my instincts and he said, uh, you are nothing in this industry without it. And you know, that whole thing. And uh, he's like, you have to listen to your instincts, no matter how crazy it is. If you think you should do, and I remember this exact example, if you think you want to do video and you want to paint everybody green because you get this weird gut feeling, do it. There is a higher power trying to make a direct phone call to you saying this is for your best interest. And My instinct said, buy a camera. But Henry, I didn't even know. And I spoke about this in length, you know, actually on stage with Pat and another podcast, but I didn't even know that on a camera, the reason I'm going to such detail about this is because I want people that may not have the courage at the moment to start their business saying, what do I know? Who the hell do I think I am? To please take that chance and bet on yourself. But I didn't even know a camera lens could take, come off and you put a different lens
1: <laughs> but but what did what did you know nothing uh, as, but uh, not technically but what did you know that instinctively led you to feel or maybe it was just Yings, but what, what did you consciously know that led you to think i can do this
0: i knew nothing nothing i went blind into it i just knew why that why this
1: going... and why not writing or something else why why a visual expression okay.
0: Okay, I so I see. Okay, I see the question. I for about two weeks after that dinner, I had this weird feeling, this little tickle in my stomach. Um, that I guess people call it butterflies, but this little weird tickle in my stomach that I should buy a camera, not buy a paintbrush, not buy a journal and a whole bunch of pens. It was a camera, and it was consistent. And I kept trying to shove it down and saying, "No, this is crazy." You are barely working you quit the madonna office you're trying to become a pa and you're trying to do some bts video here or there and i'm running out of money henry but um to the point that i almost was about to move back home and something kept telling me for about 2 weeks to buy a camera i used my very last credit card my bank account was zero i almost went into the other room told to april my roommate then um that I have to move back home. I'm sorry, I have to leave you. I'm so sorry, I failed at everything. But I went and I bought a camera and I had a $2,000 credit limit on that Citibank card, I remember, and I went foolishly into the, not foolishly, it had to happen that way, but I went into the camera shop and I said, hi, I have $2,000 and I'd like to be a photographer. And I, they sold me everything. Like I had a dollar fifty left in credit.
1: <laughs> yeah, they took advantage of that. Good salesperson. <laughs> This is Henry Lopez, briefly pausing this episode to invite you to join me for one of my next live online workshops. During these interactive workshops, I cover a specific topic that will help you with starting and growing your small business. Just visit thehowofbusiness.com to learn more and to register. If you need help creating an effective business plan, for example, to start your first small business, then my next business plan workshop may be just what you need. Or perhaps you need help completing your financial projections for your new business. Well, I have a workshop for that too. And if you're already operating your business, then you can probably benefit from learning how to better manage the cash in your business by attending my cash flow management online workshop. These are just a few of the workshops that I currently offer, and I keep these workshops to a small number of participants so that we have the time to answer all of your questions. Whether it's getting started with your first business or growing and exiting your existing small business, I can help you get there with one of my online workshops. To find out more and to register for a live online workshop, please visit thehowabusiness.com. Take that next step today towards finally realizing your business ownership dreams. I look forward to having you join me for my next workshop. Uh, How long from when you buy the camera to you start making a living as a photographer? How long did that take?
0: Okay, so whoever's listening to this and you're driving pullover because you're going to be upset. Mm -hmm. But I had, um, I would say I shot for about a week, leaves falling, my niece trying to walk, those things. Um, I got a call about a week, week and a half later, um, somebody saying, hey, do you have a video camera? And I said, yeah, I actually have one. And they said, uh, we just fired somebody, a videographer. Can you please come to the Kodak Theater now? We got your number from a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. And um, before I was about to close the door in my apartment, I got that really weird feeling again. And I was like, wait a minute, they don't, they don't know if I got hired for video or video and photo. Gut feeling said, grab the camera. I wrote on my little Blackberry curve, F-stop means this, exposure does this, and it's that button. ISO is this button on the far right, and it does that. That's how new I was. And um, and they were like, oh, by the way, it's for Usher. And I went, and I shot this thing like a machine gun, and every photo was horrific, <laughs> And I went home incredibly depressed and I was like, God, you're a bigger loser than like, you know, when you think you hit bottom and then you're like, Oh God, there's a lot more. Yeah.
1: There's more to go. Now
0: we're digging and it's going for forever. So did they,
1: did they use any of your photos?
0: Henry, they called me after three days cause I just tried to hide from the world. And I, and just to give perspective, I didn't even know what photo fo- I did not even know that there was such a thing as a Photoshop. No idea. Mm-hmm. Like, no idea at all. And um, I I edited each photo inside. If you have a Mac, you know this. Like what you open a PDF in the preview. Sure, sure. And you could just do saturation, highlights, contrast, exposure. Right. I edited every single photo on that. I again had – that's why I pushed so much on instincts because once you tap into it, it's – you get upset at yourself for not tapping into it earlier. I don't have a course to sell on instincts. I don't have a book. There's no gain for me. But just seeing other people do well – um, my instinct said these are the worst photos in the history of man. They're blurry, they're grainy, they're out of focus, like the foreground is blurry, the background is crisp um it like it's it like the ghost trails on images, all of that and um my I had this really weird gut feeling that said, turn them all into black and white because there are different colors of the rainbow practically because light temperatures and all that, which I get all that stuff now and. Um, Benny Medina, who's now Jennifer Lopez's manager, he, huge guy, he started Fresh Prince of, Be- Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, he was Usher's manager at the time, and he said, Called me directly, which he never does. And he said, Walid, I don't know what you did. I don't know how you figured it out, but these black and white avant garde. <laughs> type of photos is exactly where usher wants to be and he's in love with these photos and i only sent him like 12 to 14 pictures he wants to know if you would like to be his personal photographer and go on <laughs> tour with him and so, that's how so, it started, so were
1: you lucky there or did you have even though untrained an eye for composition uh or a combination of both
0: i think that's a very fair question um because i know that's why i said i hope you all pulled over because you'd be so upset um it was luck. It luck will open a door for you, but something has to keep you
1: in the room. Well, you have to put yourself in the way of luck to begin with, right? So if you don't show True. up, you don't get lucky.
0: True. I listened to my instincts. Like I went on autopilot instincts that entire time, and that's why I mention it so much because uh, I do have to give credit to God, the universe, whatever you know, energy, and also. But I will say this because I hope that this helps the listeners. From the day I said yes to, I would say, virtually still today, I don't allow myself to go to bed until I learn one new thing every single mm-hmm. day. In fact, that line is on my daily planner. Mm-hmm. If I didn't learn something, I don't deserve to sleep. It could be simple, a tax yeah. code, you know?
1: Okay, let's go back to then, though. So I don't know that I still got the time frame from when you got the camera, Apologize to, yeah. to you get to, you know, uh, ushers team likes the photos. What time frame are we talking about there? Let's just say two weeks. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. And then how long, <laughs> let's start with this. How were you able to then leverage that to get more clients?
0: So, okay. Thank you for asking that question. Cause leverage is one of the biggest things uh, that I believe in. I basically had that photo. That are, excuse me, that set of photos with Usher. That was was your
1: portfolio. That was it at that point.
0: That was it. It, it, it. Um, I had one other thing before that. When I left the Madonna office, um, I was expecting a nice gift. I really, really was. Because they throw money around like, here's a $2,000 jacket, whatever. My gift was, God bless this woman. My gift was, she said, why don't you borrow a camera and you can film me on stage during rehearsals today? That was her gift. And I remember thinking, you frugal. And I remember, but I use different words. Yeah. You frugal.
1: (laughs) And this is who are we talking about here? Madonna. Madonna herself. Got it. Yes. Uh, But, but, you know, there's some arrogance there, but she felt your opportunity to film her developing, practicing her craft was a gift to you. The woman knows.
0: Uh, Well, first of all, you don't become that, she arguably is overall the most famous human on the planet. She really is. And when you think about it, all different corners of the world, we know her more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And um when so when you think about it, it's she knew her power and her gift to me was the ability to continue hunting. Mm-hmm. And so I got well, also some
1: job. also you got to observe her creative process, right?
0: Correct. But for me to walk away with footage in a yeah. Highly, yeah. high security area
1: right. and right. to huge. say,
0: so I got some jobs and people would look and I would just put the Madonna footage at the front I of see. a non-existent portfolio. And people are like, is that Madonna? And right. I'm like, yeah, so that alone
1: like, was like, okay, uh, let's like, talk.
0: You got the job. Yeah. And then with Usher photos, it was, hey, I did this for Madonna and Usher and it was all about leverage. And then, oh my God, of course you can shoot. And then I take the third one. If it was up to a certain level, and I kept leveraging that. And I think that everyone should do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Leverage that's, is the game.
1: Absolutely. And, and that's what you were able to do. But but there's a common thread here, I think, Waleed, that I'm hearing. Is there? As, <laughs> yeah, as we go back to, you know, the immigrant story. And it's that there's a level of fearlessness. Yeah, you call it instinct, but there's also a level of fearlessness and not being afraid to put yourself out there, not just creatively. Yeah. But yeah. to but to go do it, right? um and i think that that has been i i'm observing part of your reason for success what do you think about that
0: that's really interesting henry i um yeah i mean i appreciate you saying that i it's it's so interesting cuz i i allow myself to look at myself a little bit and i'm like but keep going and maybe that's part of the uh, too but um it is it's if it's a I could never pronounce this word. Is it night, nativity? What is it? Uh,
1: Nativity, right? Nativity. Yes.
0: So some of it was that I'm like, I could do anything I want. Right.
1: You were not, you were naive. You didn't know any better necessarily. Oh yeah. But most people, especially as we were talking about earlier with how early in life we are, our creativity gets stifled. You followed your instincts there. Of course, you put yourself in an environment that, that, uh, that supported and uh, rewarded creativity. So that was positive. So that was huge. But then, as we just said, you were able to leverage that opportunity to the next one and the next one and the next one.
0: Yeah. And I want people to really just hold on to that. And, and as far as like, you are correct. I think that my background of being a refugee in America does have something to do with that because I look at my parents I look at how tired they are. I look at their, at the time, their lack of retirement funds. I look at all that and I just think, and I I have personally seen what it's like to not be in America. And I wish that there was a way that people who are born here could see what, you could see it on TV, but to really, truly feel it, you won't, once you see where you're at, you will never take it for granted again. I really wish there was a way that we could see that.
1: Yeah, no, and
0: I, I, and I look at that. I'm always reminded of that, sure. of like what it could be. And I'm yeah. like, nope.
1: I, I think that one of the ways we are able to somewhat expose ourselves to that is with the right type of travel. It, it's not yeah. complete because when we're there as a tourist, it's a different experience. But nonetheless, I think if we open ourselves up to experiencing other cultures and going to other countries, we see. Not only that we have it great, but also we also see that other countries have it great as well, right? Not yes. every, yeah. So there's a, that balance. We see all of that. Um, okay. I want to ask a very tactical question here sure. before we start to wrap it up. And that's on pricing. And you do a lot of work on helping people, creatives, with their pricing. Pricing is something, especially for creatives, is such a big challenge. In fact, you have a whole course on this, correct?
0: I do. So my course is predominantly for photographers and videographers, and it's called Step Pricing, Secret to Easy Photography Pricing. But one thing I realized, and and I'll definitely, I wish that I I didn't go as much in length about my life and instincts and all that and was able to give more tactical info. But um, pricing for me has been the same because human psychology is the same. So whether you have a restaurant or you have a consulting business or photo or video, what have you, human psychology is the same and pricing is not just about where you land strategically. It's about the psychology behind it. How's the client feel? How do you make them feel? Um, What, what is your market value? So my step pricing course covers that. And it's, I've used virtually like about 90% of my career, the same pricing method, whether it's a record label, whether it's an A-list star, whether it's a startup and a brand new business, and they have no matter what size of budget, humans are all the same no matter where we're from. So, so give me, give me some question. of that
1: takeaway. Give me at the high level, introduce that process. What, what, what are some of the key components there that I might sure. learn from?
0: Um, from the course or just my tips on pricing in Just general? the
1: tips on pricing, yeah.
0: Sure. Um, number one, you have to realize when someone refers you, they are putting their entire reputation on your performance. And um, so you have to make yourself a safe bet. And if you're not a safe bet, you're not going to get referred. You're not going to get hired. You're not going to grow your network. So sometimes, for example, if you are, uh, let's say, if you're a wardrobe stylist or a makeup artist, photo, video, what have you, um, I I say niche down. There's this trend of people saying, don't niche down. And I, and I say, don't believe that stuff. Niche down because what people don't want to do, I guess, in my case, is play photography roulette. Are we going to get this style or that style? This one or that one?
1: So are you talking about niching down as far as even a style or an approach or you know, kind of your, yes. your aesthetic?
0: Be the best at it where it's absolutely foolish of them to not go with you. So
1: foolish give me an example them. in photography, how because I don't know photography. Sure. How would that manifest itself in photography? What, what would be niching down?
0: If you do food photography, then you do landscape, then you do newborn babies, and you do weddings, and you try to do some fashion you are jack of all trades yeah and and you can't really claim a high price because what happens is if an ad agency looks and says we need a quick photographer for this event they look and they see something very airy and ethereal for their newborn baby but then they see something moody and sexier for the food and they're like and they get something for landscape and etc and then they look and they're like but which one are we going to get yeah uh uh-uh. uh i can't i can't take this risk because i'm going to end up looking foolish, right? right. the person at the ad agency. But if you can give them consistency and you have one or two styles that I'm not saying don't photograph anything, but what you present to the public. And if you're dark and moody, sexy, dark and moody, sexy here on that picture, on that picture, they can look and go, ah, this is exactly what we want or don't want. And then they're more likely to hire you.
1: It can seem counterintuitive. I can see Waleed because Yeah, I I can see where the instinct might be. Go back to that word instinct or the impression might be or the advice might Uh be show a varied portfolio. Right. But what you're saying, at least to get started, is to niche down and be very clear as to who you are and how you express yourself or how you let others express themselves. Is that what I'm hearing?
0: be yes you are except for the part i uh, not just in the beginning i'd say through the majority of your career
1: got once it. i see you not see- just at the beginning but through the majority of the career you yeah, identify it- then as you are the expert instead of because the, the person who does a little bit of everything is going to get paid like the average but the expert in a particular type is yeah. going to get the premium
0: you got it it's if you think about it like walmart uh Walmart is great. It's very profitable. If you're of that family and you have 800 of the stores, if there's 800 of you, but there's only one of you, you are more built to be a boutique, a high-end boutique. And so when you think about it, we go to Walmart, we don't, if we see a cake, for example, we don't expect to pay more than 14.95 for that cake because it's Walmart and they have car tires and they have plants and clothes and everything. But if I was to go to a bakery, and get a sheet cake i expect to pay 60 to 80 bucks because they are so good at that and i expect to pay a particular price and i'm going there for that experience Mm. so i would say niche down and be the best at it so people come to you for what you do and they have to come to you because going anywhere else is not the right choice that's one pricing tip i would give yeah Um, Um, another one is the double thank yous by there's a book by Ron Baker, an author. He talks about this a lot. Um, whatever you do, whatever kind of business or service you have, if you don't get a double thank you, you are incorrectly priced or you don't have a good service. So what I mean by double thank you is this. So if you've ever had like a, let's just say you, you have a plumber come to your home and you're expecting $150 ends up being $900. When you give when they give you the invoice and you give them your credit card, you don't say thank you like they say thank you. You don't feel good about that. And that and you're like, God, that sucked. I'm not going to just go back to that person again. But when you go to like Ron Baker talks about it, when you go to a Starbucks and you pay five dollars for overpriced coffee, they give you the coffee. You still think that you're they're priced enough there where you think. Okay, that's a good deal, and I'm getting a good perk for the day. Think about how you say thank you at a Starbucks. They give mm-hmm. you the co- they take the money from you, and they say thank you, and you're like, thank you. It's mm-hmm. so I would say look for the double thank you in business and pricing yourself. Um, should I continue or no? Or that yeah, or that's...
1: yeah. Tell me also, you know, one of the one of the big challenges that I see to finish up on pricing is yeah. the hesitancy for people to raise their prices over time.
0: Yeah. Great question. So, anyone that is listening to this, whatever you do, there is no one on this planet that can do it like you. Nobody. And even scientifically, we have different fingerprints. I cannot be you. So, henry you and i are there i give you my camera you have the exact same camera you stand in the exact same spot i mark an x on the floor same lighting same model in front of us and i say all you have to do is push that button you could never do what i can do and i could never ever ever do what you can do that's what makes us unique and that's what people want to pay for so you have to understand uh, and this is a second part to it so um You have to understand that you are not a vending machine. You're not a conveyor belt. You're truly an artist in what you do. And you have to charge for that. And when you charge low, you are stealing people's enjoyment. So, you know, when I said, like I said, the bakery example, if you were to go to a high end wedding, you want a high end bakery and you want to get like a wedding cake, you Some in a weird way, the human psychology is you want to pay a lot and you want to tell people, I got it from this bakery, everybody. Like I was so excited to finally get something from there. But if you were to get a sheet cake from Walmart, you're not exactly bragging about it. So when you don't charge what you're truly worth, a one of a kind creature, a one of a kind artist, one of a kind service, if you don't charge for that, you're actually robbing your clients of a happy experience. Hmm. I swear by this. It's so counterintuitive. But you have that. And then also for the people that are so afraid to charge and so afraid to start their business, I'll go as far as saying it's incredibly um, selfish of you to not start. Because if you think about it, there's, you know how I said, Henry, like you and I could photograph the exact same situation, same gear, and we won't get the same uh, output. Um, There is somebody out there, whatever your service is, that is relying on you your truly unique, one of a kind service, that touch that you give to your clients. And so I'll tell the photographers in my in my group and I'll say, so there is somebody right now that is coming home on the week and working in the garage on the weekends, perfecting something. Let's just say recipes and they're trying to figure something out or they put the, the kids to bed at night and then, you know, they now have a couple hours and they're trying to figure out this dream business they don't want my photography they want yours right and for you to not put yourself out there is incredibly selfish because you're the solution to someone's problem so do it for other people and other people will support you back
1: okay. that's my opinion yeah i know i get it uh creative and, and uh, in itself and in a very unique perspective so thanks for sharing that
0: very opinionated. I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You've got one. There's no doubt about that. That's a good thing. Right? We all, we all should have one. We all do have yeah. one. And it's pretty, your point. We, we need to share that our perspective, our point of view, especially when it comes to truly creative businesses. Yeah. Uh, we need to share that. Right. Please all right.
0: Share it. Yeah.
1: We've talked about books. You mentioned the double. Thank you. Is there another book that comes to mind that you would recommend?
0: Yes, there are two books. Um, Number one, uh, a book by Gay Hendricks called The Big Leap. Please take it. Please take a chance. Please take a big leap on your life. The second book is called Superfans. And it's someone like I mentioned earlier. You've interviewed Pat Flynn. He's actually written about me in that book, about what I'm doing with helping photographers. But it's about the importance of a small community And building a relationship with your fans and really recognizing how unique you are. Those two books.
1: Excellent. We'll have links to those books on the show notes page for this episode at thehowabusiness.com. All right, we'll wrap it up, Khalid. What's what's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation that we've had about building a, a creative business? What's one thing you want us to take away?
0: I Originally, I was going to say instincts, but I'm going to go back to, I mean, that's understood, understanding how truly unique you are and that the creative world, we cannot do a single thing without your special talent. We cannot launch records. We cannot launch books and movies and TV shows. We cannot sell food at a restaurant. We cannot do, you cannot launch a multi-million, multi billion dollar business if it wasn't for the creatives leading the pack please n- know your value know that the advertising industry the the business world everything relies on the creative people their special gifts to to tra- to just convey a message to the world in a way that no one else can. And when you really recognize your value you'll start charging the value that you deserve.
1: Where do you want us to go online to learn more?
0: I am at walidazami.com or on Instagram at walid.azami.
1: Yep. Excellent. We'll have links to that again on the show notes page, if you're not, where you can write that down. Waleed, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for this interesting conversation. I appreciate you being on the show.
0: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And thanks to everyone that listened, and I hope it inspires you a little bit.
1: This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for joining me on this episode of The Howa Business. My guest today, again, was Walid Azami. I release new episodes every Monday morning. You can find the show anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at my website, thehowabusiness.com. Thanks for listening.